The always changing, never stopping, always marching forward, chaotic symphony that is time. This time on this episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal podcast. Welcome back, friends, to overcast, dreary Saturday morning here in Northeast Ohio. Matthew, uh, in the easy chair, as it were, <laughs> staring up at my glass block windows, and I sense an overcast pall surrounding the land today. It's um, not too terribly bad weather-wise. We've had a couple of warm days, although... I seem to spend most of my time during those two days here in the studio doing work and monitoring some home repair activity that was going on and taking Izzy to the vet and just doing all those things that one has to do to uh, continue on amidst the pandemic that has certainly taken its toll. So... I did my workout this morning, and I feel a little bit under the weather. I'm not really sure why that is. Both Donna and I have had these kind of chest colds. And obviously, as I remarked during the last podcast, because I think that I was just beginning to sort of touch upon this weird kind of sniffle thing that was going on. Well, it's been hanging around for the last week. And it's kind of affected some of my work. I've had to re-record things and repeat things simply because I just didn't feel very good. And so both of us kind of looked at ourselves, you know, over breakfast and lunch, you know, throughout the week saying, yeah, do we, do we have something here, something going on? And we sort of, um, due to our, no our knowledge of Pandemic 101, uh, we assumed that we didn't really have it. And... We chalked it up to just an overall weird time with colds and congestion and just going through box after box of Kleenex, which seemed to run its course this week. And so I'm still feeling a little bit of that, but I was doing my workout earlier and about halfway through, I just sort of had this headache. And so I recalled that while I was reading the paper this morning, I actually took my temperature just to make sure and it was perfectly normal. So that doesn't mean anything per se, but what it does mean, at least on this Saturday, is that um, my regular cold and congestion kind of continues. And hopefully we're on sort of the downswing of this, at least I hope. I continue to be flummoxed by my interpretation of time, and I continue to be flummoxed by the way that I feel that I can inherently control and manipulate it. And really, I thought back about this this week as I was riding to the store uh, several times with time to think, sitting in some traffic. We had a lot of road construction kind of near us on these regular routes that I usually take. So I was sitting in the car, 
And uh, also thinking about uh, this while we were waiting to take Izzy to the vet, because my vet does not have an appointment thing. Like you have to just show up and you call in. And then when it's your turn, they call you back to tell you to come into the waiting room. Well, since they don't take appointments, it was a really busy day. So one day this week, we basically sat in the car for almost an hour and a half and never got in. And I had to go back to work. So anyway, I had a lot of time to think about this. And it made me dig up some quotes on time. And I wanted to share a couple of these because really, uh, they're fairly uh, divergent, really. Einstein says time is an illusion. And Jim Morrison says the future is uncertain, but the end is always near. (laughs) And Gautama Buddha says the trouble is you think you have time. And I read these quotes and I kind of said to myself that I've always had this sort of fascination with the passing of time. And I remember really even going back to visit our grandparents in West Virginia And I would walk into a room and know that I wasn't going to visit her or walk into this room for another year. And so I would like take like a small knickknack that was maybe on a shelf and I would turn it a certain way so that the next year when I walked into that room, I would remember that I turned that little figurine and then I would think to myself, What did I do during this passing of time, this passing of one year? How different am I? How different is this? How different am my grandparents? And and I noticed that I've been sort of doing this sometimes when I'm out taking photos. I'll I'll snap a photo or take a a small uh, amount of video footage. And as I'm looking through the viewfinder, I'll think to myself, I wonder how this is going to look later tonight when I look back on it. Like, will I have the same appreciation for this shot that I'm compositing? Will I have the same appreciation for my need to shoot this particular several seconds of video? Like, I know my intent now. Will I appreciate that intent when I look at it later down the road? So I don't know if this is so much manipulating time, but really trying to preserve it in some strange way or to use it so that I can mold it and manipulate it later. And then I fall back on this quote from Einstein and I think to myself, oh, am I creating this illusion, like an illusion to myself that I can somehow manipulate this passing. And in reality, the seconds pass as the seconds will always pass, and the minutes pass as the minutes will always pass. Simply, my interpretation of those seconds and those minutes are really causing myself to have the illusion. So, once I've admitted that to myself, does this time illusion make me feel better, or does it make me feel worse? Even though throughout the years I've enjoyed trying to paint myself as a kind of a creative person, 
I do feel like my twin brother Mark and I are more alike than I probably admit from that standpoint, because while I do consider myself uh, a person who has a certain side of creativity to him, I do also believe that there's a certain structure that I enjoy. And as I get older, there's a certain structure that I require. And I notice that during the day, during the week, my routine, my adherence to time is almost sacrosanct. Like I need to do this at this particular time or else I won't do it. I need to fulfill this obligation at this particular time or I won't do it. Donna is much more free spirit than I am. And she looks at me rather oddly when I put little reminders in Alexa to remind her to take her pills or to remind her to put her patch on, which is one of her Alzheimer's medications. So I make sure these reminders go off at the same time every day. And one day, several weeks ago, the reminder went off and Alexa said, Donna, did you remember to take your pills? And I said to her, see, me and Alexa want to make sure that you take these pills at the same time every day. And she saluted me sort of sarcastically and said, aye, aye, sir. And so I thought about that. Like, am I using time to become an ogre? Am I using time to not just keep her on track, but to keep me on track? And am I presenting a certain narrative to her that I want to be controlling and domineering? I like to trust time. I like to trust that I see the same people at the same time when I walk into the same store. I like to trust that I know how long it's going to take me to get from point A to point B. And so I rely on time. People will say, how far is it from Youngstown to Canton? And I don't know the miles, but I know the time that it takes. My friends in Kentucky will say, how long will it take you to get here? And I think to myself, well, I'm 30 minutes outside of Cincinnati. And minus the traffic, once I cross the border, it should take me about an hour and 15 minutes. So for me, hopefully, I should be there in a little under two hours. So I like to trust time. But time has this cruel thing that it does. And it's cruel from the standpoint that once you think you have it figured out, then it twists all the reality upside down. And then it reminds you that you're certainly not in control of any of this time. My wife had, for a long time, this purple purse. It was the purse from hell. For whatever reason, she loved this purse, but it had a chain on it that was literally a chain. 
And when you put it down, the chain knocked up against furniture and on the floor, and it just felt like it was this weight that you would carry around and work out with. And it was becoming quite worn. And so she decided that she wanted to have a new purse. And I said, you know, sometimes you can go to like a Goodwill and you can find all kinds of things. You know, maybe you'll find a purse. And so this was our goal one day, several weeks ago. We were going to go to a Goodwill or some thrift store and we were going to see if we could find a purse. So off we went. And my wife kind of complains that all of the other siblings, my sisters and their nieces and some of her friends all have devoted a rather large amount of currency towards their purse. And, you know, the purse is very important to some women. And the brand name is very important. And normally, under most circumstances, Donna's not that kind of person. So she's not the kind of person to put three, $400 towards a purse. But she was kind of in need, and she wanted to find something that would fit, something that would work. So we stopped at a place, and about 15 minutes into our visit to a Goodwill store, she found a purse. And it was kind of a brand name purse. And the purse was in really good shape. And she looked on the underside of the flap of the purse, and it said $9. And so she was just ecstatic. She was beside herself. I don't recall the brand name of the first purse, but it was a recognizable brand. And so she went and got into the car after we made this purse purchase. And she was just ecstatic that she had found this purse. And I said, hey, by the way, right down the street is another store. You know, we might as well just go in there and see if they see what they have. So she said, okay, let's go. We're on a roll. So we went into this other store. So I was walking up and down the aisles, looking at the men's shorts. And meanwhile, I heard this little screech and she comes running over and she had this purse from Ralph Lauren or Ralph Lauren, however one pronounces it. And she said, look at this purse. It's it's hard. Who would give this purse away? Who would sell this purse? Who who would drop this purse off at at a Goodwill store? And she says, it doesn't even have a mark on it. And so this purse was slightly higher in price, but not too much higher in price. And so she went ahead and purchased that purse as well. So we got back in the car and there she was holding these two purses. And for about $20, she got two brand name purses. And so as she's taking stuff out of the purple purse from hell, and trying to distribute them evenly amongst these two other purses, she became more enchanted that she had scored not one, but two purses. And so I guess I'm attributing this to her current condition, but she would put the purses down, and then she would resume riding in the car. We had several other errands. And so she would look out the window and the purses weren't a part of the conversation. But as time passed, 
she would look back down on the floor where the purses were, and this level of excitement would reemerge. Like she would screech again, like, I can't believe that I got these purses. And she was almost, almost in tears of joy as she was looking at these purses. And it happened at least five times in the car, the same conversation, the same verbiage, the same reaction. And so by the fifth time, a part of me was vacillating between being somewhat concerned and almost somewhat overjoyed, almost like I was moving between both of these emotions. On the A side, I'd never really seen her respond to a purse before like this, and I'd never seen almost a duplicate reaction that many times, almost as if the reaction had never occurred before, and now she was reacting for the first time. But this reaction was repeating itself. And then the other side of me was, I don't think since the diagnosis that I've seen her any more exuberant or joyful or happy than on the day that she found these two purses, purses that my other siblings and nieces or their granddaughters have probably owned and bought and traded or whatever. But for her to have a Ralph Lauren purse in pristine condition, this was, this was monumental. And she kept saying, I'm in high cotton, boy, high cotton. So did we twist time or did time twist us? And it makes me think when I shared the news about a proposed new Alzheimer's medication that was being presented to the FDA with a lot of excitement and a lot of exuberance, sending out emails to folks, posting information on social media sites, and really in a matter of days, the FDA deciding that there wasn't enough data to support going through with further testing stages that it had to sort of go back to the drawing board. And so I reread those emails that I had written a couple of days previous, trying to fully comprehend my joy at the time and fully trying to comprehend my rationale at the time. And I thought about time... I thought, you bitch, you stole that out from under us. I mean, I blamed the disease and then I blamed time. I realized that her and I think differently about time. We manage time differently through the day. Her sense of time is not my sense of time. When we finally did take Izzy to the vet... And we were riding back, and I mentioned needing something on the shopping list. She said, well, maybe we ought to just stop since we're out. And I said, no, I need to get back to work. This is a, this is a work day. 
I mean, I, I don't have time for that. Then as we were pulling into the driveway at home, I thought our interpretations of time sometimes are very, are very, very different. So is Alzheimer's stealing time? Or is it making me more grateful for the time that we have? It seems like a weird paradox. Watching Izzy up on the table in front of the vet and the vet's assistant, you know, poking and prodding and him looking at me with that look on his face, like, what are they doing? What's going on here? And the vet saying, you know, he's a senior citizen. I can sense his irregular heartbeat and you have to move him into another brand of food because he needs the extra things that come with senior food. And so time strikes again in its chaotic way. Time plays on. Changing us. Stealing from us. Giving to us all at the same time. Playing its chaotic tune. Finding out that somebody has passed away makes time seem cruel. Yet having 20 minutes of an enjoyable conversation with your 92-year-old parents makes time seem very generous. So, yes, time is an illusion. And we all know that the future is uncertain and that time can end any time. And we know, deep down inside, we think we have the time, but in reality, we don't. And regardless of whether we think back on it or look forward to it or try to deny it or try to celebrate it, yet time continues to pound its beat, whether we feel like we can control it or not, or whether it feels like it can control us. So I'm learning more and more about some of our family members who have been impacted by COVID-19. I just found out last night that my sister's husband has contracted it, uh, no taste, no smell, and is uh, quarantining, and that another sister of mine, her two sons have actually had it. So both of those cases with her sons have been fairly minimal. And so they're more than recovering from it. Um, my sister's husband, obviously, is a little older than my nephews. So time will tell whether or not he becomes even more seriously uh, ill. So obviously, we're hoping and praying that that doesn't occur. Here in the humble abode of the basement lair, we continue to hunker down, mask up, and minimize our involvement with the outside world and minimize our travel. I had to send a very sad note to our granddaughter who was graduating down in Alabama that we were all set to travel there and to be a part of her celebration, but it just seems 
the wise thing to do at this point to not only just obey <sighs> legislative mandates, but just from a common sense perspective that we just curtail that trip for the time being. So hopefully she won't be too upset with us and too uh, mad about that decision, but it just seems in light of everything going on that it seems like the, the, the wise thing to do. And just another example of how this horrendous pandemic has stolen from us. So since we won't talk probably before the Thanksgiving holiday, another family time that will be affected and controlled by this pandemic, we'll be figuring out little ways for us to show gratitude that we have each other and that hopefully at that time we're not ill. Hopefully it will make us appreciative of the times when we will get together with family again once this pandemic is over. So wear that mask, stay safe, and we'll see you next time around on another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast. <laughs>